2: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
1: you're watching leafs morning take with host nick alberga and
3: former nhler jay rosen the show starts now and away we go for the Friday edition of Elise Morning Take presented by Batano. It's Nick Alberga and Jay Rosal. How are you, buddy? It's Friday.
0: It's good, man. Kids are off school for some unbeknownst reason once again. <laughs> and they're making some noise in the background. So I just had to snap into my dad voice for a
3: minute. Yeah, you went all Chris Farley before the show from like Billy Madison, where you just had enough. Everybody back on the bus. That that must be a treat and experience to have a little kid sleep over, eh?
0: yeah my kids are pretty good sleepers so it's never really been an issue but they were playing mini sticks there in front of me and didn't seem to understand the concept of a live show so i had to give her the old no yelling on the bus routine and (laughs) they snapped
3: it the good old days um it's an exciting time of course in leafs nation we got an exciting guest today but first and foremost uh i had a bone to pick Mm. with social media it's uh we're now under a month away from the trade deadline and I love when you just randomly start conversations and respond to people on Twitter. Cause I see it on my feed, but somebody just threw the most ridiculous trade offer. Like that's where we're at right now. It's, it's trade rumor season where it's like, fuck, like, let's throw shit at the wall and see if it sticks. And we had somebody write in a mega offer with Philadelphia. I just love this time of year, but also hate this time of year. That, that offer that we received on Twitter, somebody tweeted at us. Like it, it was just, Ridiculous. Like, if I'm Philadelphia, I don't even pick up the phone there.
0: Well, yeah, it's some of our rejects with uh, Minton <laughs> first rounder for Konechny and Walker and a few guys. But I know, I just, when you see a thing, you're just like, ooh, that looks attractive. It's like, well, no <laughs> wonder it looks attractive. It's super heavy in your favor. So I don't know. A guy like Konechny, though, Gordy Howe hat trick last night in the first period. Are you kidding me? I love the way that kid plays. Um, he's in. Uh, he's in a jersey that appreciates that kind of thing. So I wouldn't imagine he's not going to get another extension with those guys.
3: It was our guy Steve Anthony on Twitter. We love all our fans, by the way. Uh, but he said, "How about this? Sean Walker, Cam York, and Travis Koneck, And He even has the uh, dollar signs included in cap. I mean, this guy's dialed in. For Brody, who's a UFA, Lilligren's like mid. Samsonov's a UFA. A first-rounder and Fraser Minton. Here you go. You know, I was actually going to respond. I was mid-response, and I'm like, I'm not going to respond. But, like, I'm not even sure a first-rounder in Fraser Minton would get you, Travis Konechny.
0: Well, you just said that all that shit's not coming even close, so obviously no. it wouldn't. is. Yeah. I think they value him, and they have no desire to trade him, Or unless there's something going on behind the scenes that I don't know about, but I'm not an insider, really.
3: It sounds like, uh, I mean, it's an inflated time. I get it. Like we're a month away from the deadline. Some big moves have happened, but like we've heard some crazy shit already. Like Philadelphia wants a first rounder for Sean Walker, Nick Sealers out there. I saw the other day, Nick Dowd, like Washington could want as, as high as a first round pick. Like, what are we doing here? Like we talked about this the other day where, you know, even 20 years ago, it was like perennial all-stars going for first round picks now they hand them out like hotcakes. You know, it's, it's, it's such a different era of conducting business. And the thing I don't understand is like the majority of these trades never work out. Like when's the last time, um, you know, somebody was picked up and it, it ended up being a beneficial acquisition. Like it's always those like depth guys. Like I, the one I remember vividly is like our Terry Lekin in a couple of years ago it was from Montreal to Colorado. And I thought he was such a big ad for them, but I I don't think the best business is conducted around deadline time. And there's a lot of GMs and former execs who would feel the same way about that.
0: Yeah. It seems to have changed, man. Like lots of stuff happens before the deadline. Um, First rounders are thrown around a whole bunch. It's just, I don't know. I I imagine that's, you know, salary cap crunch. I don't know what it is. I just honestly, I don't get too involved in the hypotheticals. Like I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to go waste my time digging up cap friendly numbers and (laughs) stats and this and who's ufa and who's got term and this and that and whose salary caps where just to put a hypothetical together that'll never come to fruition it's just a waste of time to me i'd rather sit back and say let me know when there's some news and when there's some you know insiders saying this is really close then i'll start to pay attention but i'm not one of the uh i'm not one of those hypothetical guys that starts inventing all kinds of wild and crazy trades this time of year.
3: Cause I just, like you said, they never come to fruition and it's kind of just a waste of time. We'll leave it to the chat. Then if you have a trade request that you think makes a lot of sense, bring it up in the chat. Maybe we bring it up on the show, but I just wonder sometimes if it's just Leafs nation or hockey fans in general, where they overvalue the players on their team and undervalue who they're acquiring, because it seems like every time, I see somebody put out a trade request on behalf of the Maple Leafs. It's so one-sided where it's like, okay, the Leafs are going to give up nothing and get three solid players. But I, I just think yeah. it's the hockey fan. Hell, I've been guilty of doing that in the past as well. But looking forward to the next month, Rosie, looking forward to today's guest uh, from Spit and Chicklets. Ryan Whitney's going to drop by in about 15 here.
0: Yeah, it'll be good to pick his brain. I imagine, uh, I think he keeps his finger on the pulse pretty good uh, with the Leafs as well. And, you know, he's got Biz in his ear, who's uh, a big time, uh, lifelong follower in Leafs nation. So we'll pick his brain about what's going on, what he sees. And I'm sure we'll we'll have to listen and struggle through some Oilers BS too.
3: Yeah, they got a pretty good rivalry. Um, obviously, Witt's pro Oilers and Biz pro Maple Leafs. So we're going to get Witt's, uh a- educated opinion we'll call it on the Toronto Maple Leafs coming up in about 15 minutes at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube where you could subscribe if you're watching right now hammer that like button subscribe if you haven't uh we're on we're on a we're on a green light special right now we're on a mission to 7,000 subs Rosie we're about 65 or 70 away so we need about 70 subs if you can get us there during this show please do at the Leafs Nation 401 least want to take wherever you find your podcast as well leave us a five-star review And uh, we'll love you forever. Brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off with the $10 in value and zero delivery fees in their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app, enter code NATION25. That's code NATION25. All uppercase, 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Offer valid in Canada. Subject to change. Terms apply. So a bunch of little things to talk about from Thursday. uh, Namely, Mason Marchman was slapped with a $5,000 fine for his hit on Jake McCabe. This actually makes it worse for me, Rosie, because this is the league admitting he actually committed an infraction, no?
0: Ah, uh, I saw it. He didn't saw, get a penalty. Uh, rightfully so, fine. Yeah, he should have got a penalty for it. 100% should have got a penalty, yeah. but refs miss penalties all the time. It, I think he probably missed it because it was so far behind the play <laughs> that, he <didn't>, uh, <laughs> that he wasn't. His eyes weren't <laughs> in that area, but i don't know five grand i don't think fuck i i'm just not a big fan of suspending guys for for hits whether they're dirty or not throw five grand at them admitting that it was fine makes us feel like yeah we were justified in being pissed off about it and, and move on with it and i think mccabe's okay he just bloody nose cut on the visor cut open the bridge of his nose i'm sure and he's probably pretty sore today but it's not uh i don't know it's just I, we we broke it down yesterday, and it yeah. was it was what it was. Throw him a five gamer to admit that we're not completely out to lunch, and it it, it makes me happy actually because it's like yeah, I told you that was was not right.
3: The Leafs, uh, by the way, took the high road on Thursday. Didn't really uh, take any bait when it came to the whole hit, the Marchment hit. So they've moved on. Um, John Tavares hasn't moved on. Um, are you stunned that the media is asking him about this whole CRA thing, or is it their their civic duty to do something like that in a, in a scrum?
0: Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a worthy thing that fans like to hear and be part of. I'm sure he's not gonna, I can imagine how dry that response. was. Oh, he's like, it's
3: not weighing me down. That's all he said. It's not weighing
0: me down. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I think John Scott kind of broke it down pretty good the other day yeah. and they're just yeah. kind of, you know, it looks like the Canadian Revenue Agency is doing a 180 on on some of the rules that they have on those signing bonuses, which was a total hurdle to, um, or more of a loophole rather, to these guys making money in Canada to convince them and entice them to come to Canada and not get waxed so much. I mean, if you have an 11, $12 million signing bonus, you're only paying 15% on it. Even with the exchange and taxes in here, you're looking better than being down in the States. So they take that away. That's a big blow to the Canadian teams and Canadian markets up here. Um, You know, lately it's, you know, that's been a big conversation piece with those guys fleeing Calgary and people talking. I know that some guys in Vancouver that I know were very not shenner but he was telling me about some guys who were like i am out of canada during the whole covid thing yeah. taxes thing cost of living thing like get me the hell out of this place and it's hard to get guys up here and if canada shuts down that loophole tax wise with signing bonuses man it's going to be hard to get high-end talent up here which is not good for for canadian hockey whatsoever
3: Yeah, the folks in the chat are actually talking about just that, how this could affect the trade deadline, it could affect uh, free agency, and uh, I think you're right, I mean, uh, obviously you speak to a lot of players, I speak to a lot of players, and the common trend seems to, I want to make the most money possible, like, yeah, I love playing the game and all that, but let's not lose sight of the fact that money is a big motivating factor, and when they're not making as much as they can in other places, it becomes a bigger story, no?
0: Yeah, for sure it does. And, you know, anybody, it's, you know, money provides your lifestyle, right? And it's no different if you're making 11 million or if you're making 60,000. If, you know, people are willing to go and do a, a job they enjoy less for a little bit more money. They're willing to travel and sit in gridlock traffic to make a little bit more money. And, you know, hockey players are looking at their shelf life as an athlete and, you know, you could get injured, you get in positions, guys fall off and things don't work out. You get into positions where it's not going well. You can't predict the future. So when you got a contract on the table, you want to maximize it. And, you know, that's just human nature. And to come up to Canada and get whacked that hard, I mean, it's hard to get guys up to Toronto in the first place with, the media and the scrutiny and the spotlight. Some guys shy away from that. Um, you know, it's colder. You're not golfing all winter long. And there, there's reasons to, to say that guys would prefer not to come up to Canada. And if you whack them with, uh, you know, like $8 million, John That's, Tavares, yeah. they're trying to get them to stroke a check for I don't give a shit who you are. I don't care if you're, I don't care what you're worth. You stroke that check. It hurts like no other. So, um, it's not a good look. I hope they sort it out. I hope it goes well. I hope there's something illegal about doing that, which is I'm I'm sure they're not. It's not the yeah. CRA can kind of do whatever you want, but <laughs> it's it's just gonna be hard to entice people to waive their no trade clauses or to have Toronto or other teams in the market that uh to have them, you know, not on their no trade list and to have them say, No, I'm willing to make this deal or to to talk to that team for that reason alone, along with the other ones I mentioned it's not a good look for Canadian hockey. If, uh, if there's more incentive for, for high end talent to, to avoid the country.
3: It's a bigger story than uh, sometimes is led on in the media for sure. Something to document over the next couple months. Um, the Leafs held their annual, um, outdoor practice at Nathan Phillips Square city hall. Did you take part in any of those by the way? Yeah, we did we did a few of them. They're kind of, some of them blur together, but I remember
0: being there. That's cool. It's a cool spot in town in the city there. And, uh, we've done that we also did it wasn't woolman rink but it was like central park when we were in new york and That's um sick. we were outside and like we had the eye black on and there's lots of people like cruising around and like gathering around the rink to uh to watch our practice and it was a nice warm day and in Manhattan, and the, the the rink was melting, man, and we were having to, like, sauce every pass because it would just be, like, a rooster tail. It was kind of a gong show practice, to be honest, but it's, it's one of those things about the Maple Leafs, man. They do cool stuff like that, it's and you special. get to be a part of it, and yeah. there's always things they do every year. You get to jump in on behind the scenes usually that you're like, wow, this is, this is one of those things that m- is cool about being a Maple Leaf, for sure, so I'm sure the guys
3: had fun. Do you guys like that, though, like... I don't know, like you you, you win a hockey game, hard fought game against Dallas and the next day you got to wake up, you got to change your routine, you got to go out. Maybe I'm just being too much of a diva, but um do you guys actually like enjoy those type of settings where you go outdoors? Like I know I thought it was cool like 10 years ago, but shit, we see it so often in this league now.
0: I don't, it shouldn't bother people. I, it, everyone's different. Like there'll be a, there'll be the grumpy guy who's like, "Fuck, I'm sure to get treatment before practice and how the hell. And just bitching and bitching about being <laughs> in the NHL, you know, it's fucking embarrassing. But um, <laughs> for the most part, it's just a, it's a change of pace. It's something different. You know, the, you don't have to do anything different, but throw your gear on and hop on a bus and go down and have a kind of a fun chiller practice. It's kind of like a, a day off of like, they're going to try to have a good, practice and try to get something out of it but let's be honest there's lots of distractions the focus isn't like uber high so you can almost like kind of let the weight off your shoulders a little bit and relax and go sauce it around and take some pictures with some kids and some people that don't normally get to see out there you can see the excitement on their face and everything so that's kind of fun and go out there and snap it around on kind of an odr style thing is it's just a different look and it. it, Like I said, I thought it was fun and something different. And like you say, you're wearing that maple leaf and get to do kind of different things like that. It's, I always appreciated it.
3: They took the TTC again. So we saw Nylander on the (laughs) TTC, which is, uh, I'm so tired of that. I mean, I get it. Uh, They're together. He's making phone calls on there. He's calling the family. He takes the games, but we saw that again. We saw some puppies enter the equation. I think Nylander's dog was there. So, I thought it was cool, good good connection with the crowd and the fans. I think we lose sight sometimes of the fact covering this team. The real fans actually don't make it to Scotiabank Arena. So from that aspect, and All-Star Weekend included, I know talking to a lot of people, they were pumped about the access. I think that's the one thing in 2024 is the access, especially when the tickets cost the, how much they do to actually go to a game, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. I feel like that fanfare, fandom that was going on beforehand, it's just like... It's just for the real fans and for the kids and whatnot. I mean, it's hard enough to go to a game for yourself as an adult diehard fan, let alone bring your kids to a game too. But when you get to be close to the players and especially on all-star weekend, when you could turn around the corner and see Nathan McKinnon, then turn around and see Sidney Crosby or it's, it's wild and it's pretty cool. They get to do that. And I think, you know, like Berkey mentioned the other day, it's kind of the essence of, of all-star game. It's a necessary thing to, you know let the fans get that kind of access so I think the Leafs are pretty good about that we would always be kind of out in the community doing different events and different charities and stuff like that and I always like doing those things for that exact reason the people that you're seeing aren't the they're not the seekers that want the autographs for the eBay and they're not the the dickhead Bay Street guys that are there every single day and think they're better than half the team because I don't know why but they're the real fans that are excited and the kids Like, the kids' faces when they see, you know, their favorite player in person is just wild. And it's fun to interact like that. So, yeah, hats off to the Leafs for doing all that shit. They are
3: their first-class organization with all that stuff. There's no question. I feel like the autograph um, has been replaced by the selfie. Like, is is getting an autograph such a thing anymore in 2024? I feel like it's more like a selfie thing. You get a selfie, that's a signature.
0: Well, uh, the picks came into it. It used to just be autographs. And now it'll be... (laughs) it'll be the the autograph and, you know, sign something that you can kind of hold with you, but yeah, then they want the picture too. And i I was always just amazed at, you know, you got a group of six people, they want a picture and all six people are together. And then they take that picture and they're all friends. They're like, okay, do one with my phone, do one with my phone. I'm just like, do you guys not know that you can just (laughs) send that through the air and everyone will have it in a minute? Like, God damn it. Or, Or else the old holding it up. And it's like, what, what button what button is this it's like the same button that's been on the side of a camera since the dawn of fucking cameras the big button on your right finger or the phone with the big circle on it. it's just always made me laugh and you gotta have patience sometimes (laughs) people who are taking a little too much time there when there's a big old lineup but uh for the most part man it's just real fans that want to get uh you know a little shot of remembrance on their phone or on a piece of paper which is cool
3: I've never seen high-maintenance Rosie. That sounds like high-maintenance Rosie. We're like, the <laughs> fuck out of here. Um, I saw you wheeling around all-star. You took a couple pictures, right? Oh, here and
0: there, there's probably still wow. a few old folks kicking around that might remember me from back in the, the glory days, but that's about it, man. But, yeah, I don't know. People are pretty good, man. I mean, I used to walk around, like, Dundas Square. We were going to a movie with Phil Kessel, and people would double-take him, but, like, no one's stopping you in your tracks. It's yeah. like a mob of people go around you. People are usually pretty cool, but... You know, anytime there's like a kid involved or something that wants you, you'll stop whatever you're doing for, for kids. Cause that's kind of the, the main yeah. thing.
3: You know why everybody's nose is in the air in Toronto. They, they think their mm. shit doesn't stink. So they couldn't care about the lease, man. I, I still think it's so wild. So we had Jackie Redman on the show, I guess a week ago at, at all-star weekend at sponsorship X. Man, I was watching like a WWE presser yesterday in Vegas and Jackie's there and The Rock's there and Triple H is there and Roman Reigns is like, I think it's the coolest shit ever, man. She is an absolute rock star. We'll call that the Leafs wanting take bump, by the way, okay? The Jackie Redmond bump? Yeah, the least want to take bump. She comes on the show. Next thing you know, she meets The Rock. So
0: Oh, I get it. Sweet. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty cool, man. Well, I'm not surprised. She's right in there. Her nose is in that whole industry. She's across multiple industries. She is a busy woman. So uh and she does a damn good job too. So it's always good when she comes on our show.
3: Big time Lee's fan. Um, I think we've had this conversation before. Like, who's the coolest person you've ever met, like in person? Oh, God. I don't know. Producer man. Vic, would he be an answer? Who's that? Would Producer Vic be the right answer? Yeah, that's my number one. That's my <laughs> numeral uno. Like, would Trish Stratus be on that? Like, top five? Like, who would be on your list of, like, cool people you've met?
0: oh god i don't know man i'm trying to think like we did uh well when when goon premiered in in toronto we went to that and like uh you know stifler sean william scott and uh liv schreiber and stuff so we went out with them for some beers after their uh the premiere of goon that was kind of funny and jay bearshell was there and liv schreiber was just like did we get it right like does is it is it authentic (laughs) or is it just totally hollywood up and stuff and i was chuckling and saying no for the most part it was pretty good uh you know um stuff like that you get to do when you're there is fun but uh i don't know not a big celeb guy i don't really care if i were to meet tiger woods i'd be weak in the knees and that's about that's literally the only guy in the world maybe mj but anyone else i just meet and i'm like oh look at this guy cool it's just a person but like tiger would i'd be like a little child i don't know if i could stand up
2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com/host.
3: Straight. I would love to see an interaction again between you and Mitch Marner. Sadly, it didn't happen uh, at All Star Weekend. The following interview is brought to you by our friends over at Battlegrounds. Axe throwing, unlock the ultimate birthday party, team building event, or have a great date night with your significant other to find a location and book an outing today go to battlegrounds.com that's b a t l grounds.com as you bring in today's guest from Spit and Chicklets, it's Ryan Whitney what's going on Wit? what's going on guys thanks for having me on you know what mm-hmm. we're just talking about a perennial contender Stanley Cup contender here uh the Toronto What maybe, was please, uh... Uh,
0: what what were you saying Rosie do you have beef with Marner I don't love him as a hockey player. I don't want to build the team around him. I don't think he's got any jam or snot. I think he shuts it down when the going gets tough. And I don't think you win with, given that him guys like that, that play like that in the playoffs, 13 million bucks.
1: Okay. So I I see what you're saying. I incredible hockey player, very punchable face. I'd say something (laughs) about his face, but, but in watching him, I know what you're saying in terms of building a team around him, but the the guy can play if he's going to be your, one of your top two or three guys I don't know but in terms of uh, you you two I didn't I didn't know I didn't know your prior history on on your comments about him I was just curious.
0: I've taken some shots that I mean we're heavy enough on that front end and uh you know <laughs> Nylander locked up and we got him coming down the barrel and I don't know I said something like I don't know if he'd be able to lift the Stanley Cup up if he ever <laughs> won it but I don't know I'm just tired of the you know perimeter play and the fancy shit and the it's just like an Instagram player sometimes and yeah he puts up fantastic numbers he's a wicked hockey player 10 times better than I could ever dream of being but that that's irrelevant. It doesn't mean that I think we need to, you know, load up so heavily on him because I think the results going to be more of the same. Yeah. I. Understand. What would you do with uh, Marner wit? He's coming up. Uh, once w- Nielander was signed, I, I probably would have tried to
1: move on from him last year. And, and I make it sound like a guy who you don't want around. I mean, he's a legit superstar in the league, but if you knew you wanted to re-sign Nielander before the no move came in from mm-hmm. Marner, I, I think you, you just could have gotten so much back for him. Um, now it's too late, right? I mean, now he decides his entire future. So now it's like, I don't know what we do. I guess you got, what is it? One more year JT at 11. Yeah, And then if he wants to come back at an enormous kind of hometown discount, obviously you take him back, but at least that can open up some, some more money. But in terms of those big three, now, obviously you're not doing anything with Matthews or Nylander, but now Marner's there too. So it's those three, if they can ever deliver,
3: I would be shocked, but it'll be a story nonetheless. Obviously we listen to the pod, we know your feel on this team, but um I mean, what kind of direction do you expect them to go between now and March 8th? Obviously the uh, the deadline a big convo, we're talking Tanev, we're talking others with this team.
1: Yeah, I'm curious because you hear different, you know, insiders, Elliot being kind of the number one guy and he's maybe mentioned that this year they know they 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 might not have the team that can get it done. For me, though, in a city like that, we were just up there for all star week. What a week. What a what, what a what a great job the league did. And, and as much as I kind of dog on the Leafs constantly, I love the city of Toronto. It's an incredible place. Top five city in the league. So I think in with where they're at now, you got to continue to go for it. And and obviously, tanev for me is the is the big guy you want to bring in there. I, I wish you could do something about the bottom six. I don't really know what what's out there, what they'll be able to bring in, what they'll be able to get rid of. But in terms of like this year, it, it's for the next five years. I'm looking at it like every year you got to try to add something, especially being in, in the Eastern Conference. I mean, the West is so loaded. The East, if you get in and, you, and, and Hall comes back and he's lighting it up, it's like you never really know. I mean, it is completely wide open. So if I'm a Leafs fan with these guys under these contracts, it's like let, let's every year try to do something. Now I wonder the fan base in terms of do they know this year they don't have what it takes to win the cup? Probably not. But still in that city, you you gotta you gotta do something and bring someone in.
0: Yeah, it's tough. I I, I know you're an oil or you're you know, you're oily or the the Oilers are your main team that you follow with. And I've always noticed such parallels between the Leafs and the Oilers as far as superstars up front, a little thin after that, always struggled with their defense, wanting that stud D-man and their goaltending is always up in the air. And obviously the Oilers are, are doing better now this year with that run they went on. But is that the way you build a championship team that wins Stanley Cups traditionally? No, no. <laughs> and, and last year I was looking
1: at Vegas and then before that Tampa, it's just... These big D, right? Well, first off, you get you get a you get a goaltender who really performs. Now Vegas, they're on their fifth goalie or fourth goalie, whatever Aiden Hill was um, yeah. in terms of the run he went on. So nobody kind of could have seen that happening. But I look at defense wins championships. It's like a it's a cliche, obviously, but it's so true in a sense of like shutting teams down and the high flying offense and the ability to score and the great power plays. It looks great. It can win a ton of regular season games. You get into May, early June, like you got big defensemen. You got guys who can move the puck, shut down the other team's offensive players, mean players up front, especially on the back end, people who are pricks to play against. And that's what you see wins cups. And Vegas last year, like that defensive unit, they're all huge. They all can move and they can all move the puck. And then you see teams get shut down. You see the Oilers against them. And all of a sudden, there's just not much room in the offensive zone. The time and space goes away even more come playoff time and that's how you see teams win the Stanley Cup look at back to the blues in 2019 it's just it's a bunch of horses on the back end and a goalie who who either is a stud his entire season and his entire career, or last year you kind of get lucky with Vegas, but it shows depth, right? And that kind of mm-hmm. goes into up front and on the back and having depth and, and having a third and fourth, fourth line especially, and having your fifth and sixth D not be liabilities. It's like up and down the lineup, you got guys who can play, who could be kind of inserted and, and be out on the ice against the first line and not be like fish out of water, just wa- watching teams walk around them. It's every guy knows their job and every guy can do their job. And those are Stanley cup winners. That's why I look at Dallas this year. That's why, you know, Vegas again, and the Oilers are so improved, right? I mean, they got guys like they finally have a third and fourth line playing better. They finally have a guy like McLeod who's really stepped it up and, and gotten to another level in his game. So they still don't really have what I look at as a, as a, as a true Stanley cup roster. But I guess with McDavid and Leon, like, They, they can kind of change my tune and change my idea on everything, but still looking back to these past few cup champs, it's big D tough, tough forwards up front and guys who can skate and just play, play
3: a a tough, mean game. It it has to be the mentality too. And on a daily basis, we have this convo on the show and you've been documenting this Leafs team all season long. Like there's some games where like, Holy shit, they're an all-star team. And there's some games where they know show like where does that come from? Is it the coaching? Is it the they you know they don't have the right players on the roster. Like that to me is the biggest thing I can't get over to look at this team and say they're a serious contender because they're just so inconsistent.
1: Yeah, that's one thing that's so confusing and it's like a it's a tale as old as time. Is it coaching? Yeah. Is it leadership? It, it's kind of a little bit of both. And, and I know Tavares is a well-respected great leader and like it's not on him to have guys ready to play but At the same time, it's not completely on the coach either. You give these guys a game plan. And what's tough for for fans to watch is like one night they come out flying. They're ready to go. And then two days later, it's like the first period, they're watching the play. They're not moving their feet. And you're like, I don't understand the inconsistency. Without being in the locker room, it's really hard to tell. But the the issue that that I see with the Leafs is you watch these guys and they can play so well. They can be on the same page. Everyone's going. Everyone's doing their job. And then how does it disappear? And obviously the best teams, they have little slumps and they go through issues and ruts. But for the most part, you know what kind of effort you're getting night in and night out. Like, look at those lightning teams. It was like, all right, game off here and there. But every time you played against them, you knew, like, these guys are going to be doing exactly what it takes to win. So – I know there's been noise about maybe getting a new coach in there. I, 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 at this point in the season, like Keith's your guy. Right. And I don't, I don't, I, it wouldn't make sense to me. Now, obviously the argument is all these teams have had these kind of big jumps in terms of bringing in new coaches with the Oilers being the biggest one with an coming in. But I, I just have a tough time blaming Keith. I mean, he's, he's had a pretty good run as a Maple Leafs head coach, considering their history of playoff failure in the past 24 years or whatever it's been. So I I wish I could answer that completely, but without being in the room, nobody really can as a fan. It's just beyond frustrating to watch though. When, when you see a team two, three games in a row, all right, we got it. And then boom, the next two games, it's like, what is happening? Where's the effort? It all goes back to goaltending in this league though. And I know everyone says it forever. And, I mean, when Samsonov went through that real rough spell, and he's down in Toronto and in Marlies, he's not even playing, and he comes back and he makes that save on the two-on-zero against the Jets, and it's like I was really happy for him, and I was really impressed by Maple Leafs fans. It, it seemed like they weren't really getting on him like they usually do for the for the defenseman. And I said hole before; I meant wall. I was thinking about the old punching bag yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wall. last Don't year. His Jesus name Christ! There. Don't compare those two. I'll ruin <laughs> the entire relationship I have with Leafs fan, as ugly as ugly as it is. But you need goaltending. I, look at the Oilers earlier in the year. You can't get a save. You're not going to win. And even when they beat Dallas the other night, I mean, that wasn't exactly fantastic goaltending. So it, it's tough to see right now. And you wonder when Wall comes back, will he be ready to go? That's a brutal injury. When I was on Pittsburgh back in the day, Flurry went through it. Luckily, we had Ty Conklin pretty much save our season. And Flurry came back. He was great in the playoffs. But those first few games and those first few weeks coming back from a high ankle sprain, it's a horrific injury.
0: It is. And I, you know, it's Jekyll and Hyde out there. And I think the consensus is this team isn't as good as we had hoped to be. So coming down to the deadline with, you know, we've got a first rounder, we got Frazier Minton, Easton Cowan is just lighting it up. And in, in junior right now, how hard do you go to, to, to pick up something that might, plug some holes especially when it's going to be more often than not rentals without term how much do you give up to make a little bit of a go and Ray it's kind of dicey already as it is like obviously they're not primed and ready with one piece away from from being the favorites what do you give up at this point in time See, that's the
1: hard thing in terms of I'm the guy saying you got to bring something in. But with with Domi on a one year deal, Bertuzzi on a one year deal that you're going to need these young prospects coming up. I mean, look how ugly the Pittsburgh Penguins future looks with zero prospects. So all of a sudden, like if you're going to have these dudes making all this dough up top and you have three guys all making whatever, whenever Marner signs 12 to 14 million dollars. You're gonna need some guys on entry level deals making low numbers, so it's hard to give up on a Fraser Minton, right? I mean, I yeah. read a lot about him in camp, and seems like a very impressive guy. Somebody that you'd want a party organization in terms of his uh mentality to the game and his work ethic. I, 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 I first round picks, um, they're so valuable in the trade market sense, but also like. They're kind of crapshoots after you get out of the top 10, right? I mean, you yeah. see depth and without being a scout, I don't know in terms of this year's draft, how crazy the depth is up and down the first round. But I'm, I'm a lot more willing to move on from something like that than a prospect that you're seeing develop or, or Easton Cowan lighting up. It's like, all right, we kind of know what we have there. We see the progression. I'd much rather be willing to give up a pick. We don't even have the guy yet as opposed to this guy. If I'm watching him and our scouts are watching him and like him and really kind of see him as part of the future, I don't want to move on on from somebody like that. If this year, even if we bring somebody in like Tan, if we still have question marks up and down the lineup in terms of, can we go on a run? So it all depends on the, on the, the, mentality, right? Is, is tree living going to want to kind of give it a go this year and be willing to mortgage the future. That's really hard for me to look at and say yes to because you're going to need guys, like I said, like all those Blackhawks teams. They had guys on entry level deals making an enormous impact. And every Stanley Cup winner ends up having that. Yeah,
3: definitely. And, I, and I'm sort of stuck in between where it's like, how many bullets do you have in that chamber where you have all these studs on this roster? How can you not go for it? But I totally That's understand. The thing. The,
1: That's the thing. Yeah. What do you got? Five more years? Like it, when Matthew's yeah. deal comes up, if they haven't, if they haven't done
3: it by then, is he going to be sticking around? I don't know. I don't I mean, know go him personally, Utah. but he goes to Utah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to ask you about Chris Tanev. You're the perfect person to ask. Obviously, you played D in this league. What would a Chris Tanev bring not only to a room, but to, to the team? Like even watching last night, I feel like he leaves every game like at least once because he plays so tough nose. Like I think he'd be so good for the back end here in Toronto.
1: He'd be so good. And I will say about the back end, like I, I really like this Benoit. I really yeah, like that's, yeah, the type, that's the type of guy that like Toronto needs. And for a guy who was in Anaheim doesn't receive the qualifying offer, comes over to Toronto, it's on waivers. Boom. He's made the most of his chance. That's what you need from a dude like that. I mean, the fight with Gabranson earlier this year, like I love that. Chris Tanev is somebody that you get in the room and after every game, you're looking at the guy, he's got ice packs everywhere. He's a, beast in the gym and off the ice and how he approaches the game. So not necessarily is it only like on ice, knowing what you're going to get, always making that solid play, always putting his body on the line, blocking shots, giving and taking hits, which is also important as a D man but it's the professionalism he approaches everything with. And there isn't a teammate of Chris Tanev I've ever met that doesn't speak so glowingly of him and talk about like, that's the exact type of guy you win a Stanley cup with. And it's the same with his brother. Obviously they were raised, right? They have that work ethic. They have the ability to go into rooms and always kind of lead by example, by just doing what a team needs to have done. And, and when you look at a guy like Chris Tanev, like there's no question marks from the D the, I mean, the coaching staff, it's just like, we know what we're getting this night. Yeah, occasionally he may have an off night. It won't be for lack of effort. It won't be for lack of not being ready to play like we've talked about this Leafs team. So, I mean, that's a guy that there'll be so many teams gunning after. And it seems like the relationship of Tree being in Calgary could could have some sort of impact with that. But it seems like once the door Got traded. It's like, all right, if the Leafs could get one of Zadorov or Tanev, my idiot buddy Biz, he thought the Leafs were going to get both of them. So now he's just really, really relying on the fact or
3: or hoping that they get Tanev. At least one of them he says they need. I feel like Calgary has Toronto by the balls, man. Like, fuck, first they got Tree. And then second, I think half the league is after Tanev. And then on top of that, they want a second-round pick. And with the Leafs don't have a second, so like, give me your first. Like, I, I just... Hopefully it happens, but I don't see a pathway where it does because I think Calgary has all the leverage here, you know? Yeah, that's very true. And and as much
1: as I respect Taniv, and I kind of just made a statement about first-round <laughs> picks being a crapshoot, I don't know <laughs> if I want to give up a first-round pick for him unless you have him completely re-signed and get a deal done. It, it, it's really hard to kind of give up that. little bit on the older side, too. As opposed to Noah Hannafin being younger, 27 years old, that's a huge difference in terms of like a first-round pick versus a second. So, yeah, in terms of Calgary kind of really holding all the cards, that is the case. And the offers are only going to go up and up as guys are leveraging themselves against other teams. And all of a sudden you're looking at like, oh, well, we just got another offer uh, from Dallas. We just got another
3: offer from Jersey. You're going to need to up yours. At some point, Trees not going to be able to do that. Yeah, we'll see what he has in store between now and March 8th. Uh, Wick, can't thank you enough for taking the time today, man. Appreciate it.
1: Sure, guys. Long overdue. Apologize for not making it work early, but um, anytime you guys need me, I would love to hop
3: on. And great job with everything you guys do. Appreciate well, it,
0: Whit.
1: Enjoy. See you guys. Bye.
3: So, one and only Ryan Whitney from Spit and Chiclets. Those guys do a tremendous job, just snapping it around. They're entertaining. Like I, I've been listening to Spit and Chiclets since pretty much day one. Man, those guys are so entertaining, and they're such a draw. Like even at All Star Weekend, just walking them or watching them walk around. Like I saw Grinelli, who I'm, I'm good with. Um, all those guys biz like they just have a lot cooking and people just want to hear their perspective even though it's wacky sometimes i think it's great and they've really paved the way for shows like us to succeed no
0: yeah, I'll just listen to him talk. Right, they're knowledgeable. They say it yeah. well. It's not all polished up like someone you fall asleep to. And and they're <laughs> they got different perspectives, and they're usually spot on. And sometimes they don't agree on stuff, and they go off with each other. It's 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 fantastic media, and it's why this stuff is successful because you're getting honest, genuine opinions there. And from what I take from wit, it's it's pretty pretty bang on with where we've been. You know, this is we're trying to make hay while the sun shines while we got you know Austin Matthews in his prime. Um, they're not really short up enough on the back end. Goaltending's kind of a, uh, you know, are we going to get someone hot? He, you know, you mentioned Bennington and St. Louis and Aiden Hill last year. Those guys weren't, they weren't singing off the top of the, the, the mountaintops about look at how incredible our goalie is. They just got hotter than shit and, and went out there and, and solidified your net and your crease and got you a Stanley Cup. So, you know, it'd be nice if someone could do that in Toronto, you know, talks about Benoit, like that's the shining star right now on the back end, aside from, you know, Morgan Riley, obviously, but did anyone expect that when he came here as kind of an afterthought, we need more of that. And, you know, hearing his glowing praise of, of Chris Tanev and, you know, everyone that's played with him and his work ethic. And like, I can handle a guy having an off night here and there. Yeah. If the effort is there, it's, it's the pull your fricking hair out. Um, What, are they doing type of efforts that the Leafs are famous for giving you when they're not on that, that drive you insane. So trying to get people in that could kind of help that culture out is, you know, gives me uh, you know, makes me even more hard on it right now than before that
3: interview even started. Calgary needs to stop winning, by the way, they won again last night uh, and watching that game, just 10 of me, so much to that blue line. He just plays so hard nose, like PK, like he throws himself in front of the puck. Like, yeah, I mean, he's probably prone to getting injury more than most players, but holy shit, the heart and determination that guy plays with. Don't forget he's from nearby as well. Uh, so that's a factor, but uh, I'm really, really curious. I want to see what happens because it feels like uh, the 10F stuff's going to come to a head in the next couple weeks and the Maple Leafs, uh, their DNA obviously have been all over this all season long. Shots on goal, GA and PPG can make or break your week, but don't overlook BPMM. Win. Wendy's is bacon, portobello mushroom melt Sure may not help you win weekly prizes with Wendy's and Daily Faceoff Fantasy, but unlike your predictions, it never disappoints. So try your luck, but don't push it because the Bacon Portobello Mushroom Melt is only back for a limited time. And if you miss it, you won't get a second chance. Sign up for Daily Face Off today, sponsored by Wendy's. And the Wendy's app, as we get set for the fourth and final installment, Rosie, of the Battle of Ontario. If you remember way back December 27th, just after Christmas, uh, another flop, flop, Outing by the Maple Leafs, a four two win for the Sens. So the Sens actually lead the season series two one. But these are it's another one of those games, Rosie, where it's like, and I feel this way every game. The Leafs have to find a way to win this game. Like Ottawa hasn't played since January thirty first. It's their first game back after the bye week slash All Star break. Just jump on them and and, and brutalize them. And, and and easier said than done. But the Leafs need to find a way here, man
0: yeah don't lower yourself to their level they've got reasons to have cobwebs and you know burning legs and timing off and holy what happened to my lungs in in that period of time but they've had a massive massive break which is almost non-existent to an NHL player and when you're so used to being on the ice almost every single day with a little bit of a rest day here and there when you take x amount of days off if it's anything more than like two days if you go three days four days five days it it takes a minute to get it back like your body's in shock at whoa what is what is this thing i'm used to doing every single day and the puck feels heavy your skates feel heavy and it's uh it's not the best thing in the world and nothing really gets you back into that mindset or that physical state than playing a hockey game so if you've already had game's under your belt and you're back in the swing of things as the Maple Leafs and the Ottawa centers are delayed and that's the battle of Ontario. And you're supposed to be a 10 times better team. You better come out and smash them early and be ready and be prepared. And the last thing you got to do is not take them seriously and just expect things to happen. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Like, who are you? Are you able to, to access your best and turn it on? Are you serious? Are you mature as a team? Sometimes this team's maturity level just seems to be like, why did you think you were just going to show up to this game and just it just it would just fall on your lap does that ever happen in the nhl have you guys ever had experiences like that in the nhl no so then why collectively would you all just think that at the same time and blow a, a absolutely winnable game so being prepared and having that maturity just to to put this team away that's vulnerable is what i'm looking for here and uh you know that comes down to the start and you know, hopefully Claude Drew doesn't uh, have our number like he has traditionally.
3: <laughs> yeah, hopefully he had a great time um, on his vacation over the break here because Claude Giroux just kills the Leafs. But I, I won't lie; like this, this matchup scares me. Like the Sens have nothing to lose before the break. They were playing excellent. They have one regulation loss in the last eight outings. They're five one and two, and the Leafs have won five of seven. But who does this game mean more to? It's it's the Maple Leafs, like Ottawa. Knows they're going to be a seller. They know they're going to miss the playoffs. I mean, that's a tough opponent to play. And the Leafs are going to have a lot of those over the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months, uh, riding the balance of this regular season. And I, 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 we're really going to find out like the fortitude, what this team actually is made of. Because you can speak to this. It, it's tougher to play opponents like that when they don't have the pressure. I mean, how, how many times do we see in this league where guys just go on crazy rampage, rampages in the second half of the season? They're scoring left and right. I wonder why there's no pressure to succeed. Like, it's all about personal accolades and doing your thing. Why do you think Eric Carlson got like 2,000 points last year for the San Jose Sharks, right? That's a tough predicament to be in, especially for a Maple Leafs team who is uh, fending for their playoff lives right now, Rosie.
0: Well, at the end of the day, they'll be preaching to just worry about themselves and what they yeah. do. And it shouldn't matter who your opponent is. You should be this well-oiled machine within that room that knows what everyone's strengths are, knows what everyone's assignment and job is. Everyone focuses up, rallies behind each other, gets jacked up before the game. Let's go. We know what to fucking do. And out you go and you drop the <laughs> hammer. That's what it's got to be. Yeah. But, you know, when, when they kind of hoe and hum out there and they're dicking around and, maybe I'm going to play this way today. Maybe I'm going to play that way. It just seems like they do have that mentality sometimes. And when they're inconsistent, it is just, it's, it's got that written all over their faces and it's, it's unacceptable for a team that's going to go deep and do things. And that's that maturity I'm talking about. And it's, it's, it's it's the leadership and it's the overall mentality in that locker room. That's, provided from getting all those guys together and being on the same page and that's got to come from the leadership that's got to come from the coaching and that's got to come from within you got to have every single guy on that roster buying into what the plan is and and being ready to fucking play every single night and, and that's what they've struggled with and i think they need to find that down the stretch if they alter this roster a little bit uh, that that's fine that'll come and go that's part of the business but that group needs to find out who they are and, and show up with that, with everything they have every single night, if they want to get themselves in position and actually be firing on all cylinders going into the playoffs.
3: Yeah. And don't forget the Leafs are a team that are still in position to, to prove to their general manager that they're worthy of, of getting a boost at the deadline. Like don't lose sight of that. So if you go on a run here, I think you sort of prove it to, to Brad tree to say, Hey, like we're a legitimate team. Yeah. We could use a bit of a boost. We know our needs and what we need on this roster. and. And maybe he helps them out. But I, I think they're still in that sort of gray zone. It's like, what, what is this team truly? But again, the conversation always stems back to the Florida Panthers last year. It took them a while to get cooking. And, and obviously, the Leafs have some things percolating on the trade front. Uh, I know Anthony DeMarco yesterday from the fourth period put out something, uh, again, about Rasmus and uh, Obviously, Anthony covers the Philadelphia Flyers on a daily basis. Three years left at $5.1 bucks after this season, but he's a right-handed shooting defenseman, had high pedigree with the Buffalo Sabres a couple years back. The numbers have not been great with Philadelphia, but you could tell what they're looking for because this guy plays like that rough brand style, but I'd be very, very cautious with a guy like Rasmus Ristolainen. Would you go after him? Yeah.
0: Oh man, I I haven't had a chance to watch him that thoroughly to have a a strong opinion, but those right-handed defensemen are always so sought after. And, you know, anyone that plays with a little bit of jam is very welcome on this roster, if you ask me. Um, You know, you talk to Witt as well, very opinionated, knows exactly what he's talking about. And then when it's time to say, hey, what do you give up at the deadline here with for the Maple Leafs? He's like, ah, it's hard to say. It's tough to, you know, it's going to be difficult. And I imagine Tree's going to have, you know, some options on his table that are not going to be easy. And, you know, it'll be tough to to say if we do this here's the risk. If we do that, here's the risk. And like what said in this market, if you just sit on your hands and it doesn't go well, you're going to get crucified. And bottom line is you're, you're probably going to get crucified no matter what happens, if it doesn't lead to like at least a conference final. And it's a difficult spot to be. I, I don't claim to want that job. I don't know what you give up for who, I don't know what the missing piece or pieces of this puzzle is to get this group going. I just know that it feels like it does feel like they're underachieving it honestly expectations are higher if those guys if all 20 of those guys that are playing night tonight go balls out i feel like there's you know with a commitment to the team first not individual play you'd think there'd be you know enough on there to to be in a better position than they are right now but you could say they're they're too one-dimensional. They're too lean on on the back end. All these different things. It's it's really tough, man. You want to fix the problems that you see with this team, but at what bloody cost? And nothing's free in this league. And it's a tough spot to be in for tree living, man. I I don't even know myself what I, I'm screaming at him to do. I would like a Chris Tanev for sure. I think that's number one. But if he, like Witt says, everyone's clamoring over this guy. You think we're the only guy in the mark? You think we're just going to decide whether we want him or not? We might be able to throw the kitchen sink at him and still not get him. So you got to prepare for that as well. And you know what, what at the end of the day, we're not the general manager. The guys in the locker room aren't the general manager. Sometimes you shut that out, let that take care of itself and you focus on what you can control. And that's how you approach games. Like the one coming up against the Ottawa Senators.
3: Another name that's sort of been out there is Colton Pareko with the St. Louis Blues, but sort of getting back to uh, Rasmus and I, I think he's an interesting name, obviously, with the pedigree earlier on in his career, but I just don't know if I could go near three years in 5.1 mil, especially when you have guys to pay. You have to figure out the Mitch Marner situation. I think you want to give yourself as much flexibility this summer if you're Brad Tree Living to mold a roster how you see fit and let's say you bring in Aristolainen and he's a really bad fit, and who knows how that trade or potential trade of that substance would work out? Then you put yourself in a bind, and it's like John Klingberg all over again. But the problem is you got three years left at five point one. I just don't think now's the time. Like, and I understand it. Like every name, sort of in that conversation of the, of that threshold, if you will, of like Aristolainen and a Pareco is going to be attached to the Leafs over the next five weeks. But I'm just curious to see a, if they'll bite. And be like, what kind of player? Will it be a rental? Will it be somebody with term? I think it's quite clear, at least in definitive, they are looking everywhere for upgrades on the blue line. Doesn't matter who you are, where you play. I would think so and and that's the thing like is it
0: better to get a guy with some terms so you're like well at least we have him to work with for the next couple of years or do you get a rental where if it doesn't work out a flash of a couple of quick months and it's over and you've got screw yeah. all and you gave up what you know and you're in a worse position than we are today so it's difficult man no one you know a lot of it's rolling the dice you don't know how guys are going to perform you don't know what's going to gel with the team you don't know you know, how these draft picks and how these uh, prospects are going to develop and what they turn into, you know, it's Leafs are fairly famous for having guys leave the potential organization and then go on to flourish. And you just stand there and watch their careers You're saying like, what it could have, should have. Yeah. But uh, I think anyone can say that it's just under the microscope more in Toronto, obviously. But yeah, man, an interesting time of year. I, I, I would, I really think TANF could help out the back end. Um, I think that, First rounder is probably going to have to be on the table, you know, Um, or else one of the guys that we don't want to unload. Like what, what do you think we're going to have to give for him? It's not free. You have to give up one of your assets. So if that's what you need, you got to kind of go out there and get them and, and say, well, this is what we needed. And that's your justification right there. This is what we needed. So are we, are we playing hockey? Are we not? Are we trying? Are we not? Are we getting better? Are we not? Are we just going to be too scared and say, well, maybe not this year. Well, fuck. Time is now. I think you got to yeah. make a move. Try to make your team better, and if you lock Han or if you lock Tanav up afterwards because it it's working out, then even better.
3: Yeah, and again, that's what I've been wrestling with. Uh, how many bullets do you have in this chamber? And I think you almost owe it to this fan base, and uh, not so much to this team because the players have improved it. But you only have these guys for x amount of years together. How could you not go for it? Is is my question. Uh, the Botano wrap up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Major announcement, folks. Botano is the official partner of Copa America 2024, taking the beautiful game to new heights in the Americas. Join Botano on their journey of passion, unity, and an unforgettable football moments. Um, so this is the big moment we've been waiting for, the Super Bowl on Sunday. Who are you leaning towards?
0: Oh, I've already got my picks locked in right after the uh, the uh, conference championships there. And I got the Chiefs, man. I am excited for the Me Chiefs. Too. I I like dynasties, man. I like it when guys make run at being the greatest of all times. This, that, the other thing. Patrick Mahomes is incredible. I like Travis Kelsey. I like people getting pissed off that Taylor Swift is even part of the goddamn conversation. Um, It's way better than two teams with a, eh, you know, whatever. I know Brock Purdy is a good story. The guy's making like seven eight hundred grand this year Crazy. and he yeah. could be potentially the super bowl mvp it's it's pretty wild so yeah i'm on the chief's train and uh i don't really care if it's a bandwagon or not I, I i'm not a diehard nfl guy but i watch from the distance and like when people rise to the top and a guy like patrick mahomes comes out and the stuff he pulls out of his ass back there is is incredible so i like cheering for that and i, I hope they get the 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 w it would put him up there in some serious serious hall of fame company
3: yeah, you watch more than me, but I'm also on the Chiefs, and I, I bit right after they won a couple of weeks back, and uh, the number was pretty decent. I know the 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 money's been coming in coming in heavy on San Francisco. I just can't look past what you mentioned about uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the guy just wins in, in the playoffs, stacked against the odds. It does not matter. He doesn't have an off game in the playoffs. He's uh, very similar to Tom Brady, obviously, and uh, his illustrious history of of the sport. Where he just wins. He wins. He wins. He wins, he wins. and I just can't fade him. So uh, looking forward to that. How are you going to watch the game? Where are you watching it?
0: I'm working. So we are doing an yeah. entire day long nice. appetizer menu where I'm just going to be picking at greasy appetizers all game long. I'm sure I'm going to feel like shit, but maybe I'll get on the bike after. But uh, yeah, excited for it. A Super Bowl Sunday is always fun. It's If you don't like football, get into it a little bit. Learn a couple of things. I mean, when I was living in the States, I didn't do enough of it. I... I'd watch passingly, but yeah. if you just do a little bit of, you know, pay attention, jump into it, notice what's going on here, watch some highlights here and there, see what's going on. It makes it so much funner. It is such a massive, massive show and as American as it gets. And I actually like the United States. So uh, I'm on board with their sport.
3: Usher, I believe, is the halftime presenter. So uh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Maybe 15 years ago, I thought it would be cool. But we'll, we'll know, give it a go. kind of weird, eh? yeah it just like, kind of and they weird. announced like, it like six months ago too i'm like you had so much you could have announced usher like last week i mean like this guy like, doesn't have bookings in 2024
0: i know it is weird i i wonder what they're gonna spend and what kind of a big show to put on but yeah i know he does seem kind of i wasn't even in love with him when he was big and now <laughs> he's quite old but i don't know is that nostalgic for some people i have no idea maybe the Millennials these days—that's what they grew up on—is Usher. I don't—I don't know. Maybe that's the the kicker, but uh I don't know. I hope they put uh, a good show on. Nonetheless, usually there's a, a couple
3: bucks spent on that halftime show. I would think so. Uh, the appetizer certainly will be Saturday night—the Battle of Ontario, the fourth and final installment. The Maple Leafs and the Ottawa Senators look forward to that. Look forward to Monday's show, Rosie. where We'll break it all down. We'll break down and dissect another week and and preview another week of Maple Leafs hockey as well as we get closer to the deadline. So we'll talk on Monday, okay?
0: Yeah, we will. And next week, and I'm going to be next week later, I'm going to be in Mexico. So I'm going to be live on nice. location. Fingers crossed for the old connection, but maybe I'll get a little uh,
3: rolling waves background with a palm tree for you to uh, check yourself out next week with a, uh, a pina colada in hand. I think that would be fantastic. So uh, thank you to everybody in the chat. You guys are great as per usual at the least nation Four one least want to take wherever you find your podcast as well. Don't forget to subscribe, like, Leave us a review. A five star rating would be phenomenal as well. And many thanks to our guest today, Ryan Whitney of Spit and Chicklets, and producer Vic played under the weather for the majority of the week. We love you, and we'll talk on Monday. Take care.